And welcome again to those who are joining us online. Thanks for being with us. Um, so this morning, just want to introduce, my name's Joe Crummy. I'm one of the leaders here. And I just want to introduce our guests. Well, I say guests, but actually they're more like family. So I'm going to ask Dave and Rosie Fellingham to come and join me on stage here for a moment. And so welcome Dave and Rosie, and I'll introduce them to you. Come right up here, Rosie. Thank you, Dave. So this morning in a moment, I'm going to interview Dave, and so that's going to be our message this morning. But I want to introduce Dave and Rosie together. And Dave and Rosie were first here with us back in 1997. So who was here in 1997? Put your hand up. Well, we see a few. That's pretty good. And Dave and Rosie are from England, and they have been just really like a set of parents to us as a church family. And the last time they were here was November of 2019. Dave snuck back for a week in January of 2020, and unfortunately we had a snowstorm, so we couldn't speak that Sunday. So it's been four years since they've been here with us. But they're going to be here with us over almost the next four weeks. And so we asked, with the rushers being away for sabbatical, and we just thought, you know what? We're going to ask for some reinforcements. And so they've been great to be able to come and to be with us. I wasn't going to say it, Rosie. She mentioned something about bringing in the old folks, and I wasn't going to go there. So how about mature? <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that fits for Dave or not. So, <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rosie. We'll, uh, we'll see. And for Dave and Rosie as well, please have a seat, Dave. Um, by all means... They're here just to be with us, so you can have them for coffee, you can have them over for a meal. Please make use of their time being here um, together. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for joining us, and I was preparing the message this week, and if you're new here, the last couple of weeks we've been speaking about the Holy Spirit, and Gary did like a mountain of a message two weeks ago, where I think I told you he covered all the messages we are going to do this summer in one um, message. And so last week I went back over some different things. And as we're preparing this week, I thought, you know what? We've got Dave with us, and Dave has been such a father to us. And most of the things we know about the Holy Spirit in both theology but in practice, Dave has modeled and taught us. So I thought, why not have an opportunity to ask Dave some questions about the Holy Spirit, someone who has... I won't give away your age, but years of experience um, with the Holy Spirit. And Dave, what I thought might be helpful, so that's why we're going to do here this morning, is you and Rosie came back in 1997, and some of the things we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about individually, how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. We can learn to hear God's voice. As a local church, we're led by the Holy Spirit, but there's also like the Holy Spirit's involved like worldwide and in movements and things like that. And could you just share a little bit about what was going on in the 1990s with the Holy Spirit and kind of maybe how that got you connected here with us in Fredericton? Mm -hmm. well, Jeff, Jeff. I'll make sure this is on. Sorry. There you go. Thanks. Okay. Go. Test one, two. Yeah. That's what you do with the microphone. You go one, two. <laughs> one, two, sound. <laughs> check, 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 check. I always like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's go back, first of all, to a biblical pr principle. And in the book of Acts, when Peter preached, he talked about, uh, really, uh, that there's a verse which encapsulates the whole of church history. And he talks 
about times of refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. And if you look back over 2,000 years of church history from the day of Pentecost to the present day, there have been outpourings of the Spirit which have been given various names. Probably the most common name would be revival. Another name would be renewal. And in the kind of churches that we're in, we've brought those together under a word restoration. So it's not just that God pours out his spirit, but he builds something. So back in the 90s, after um, uh, I would say probably... 15 years or so after the, or 20 years after the beginning of the, what we call the charismatic movement, where many mainline denominational churches began to encounter the Holy Spirit in a new way, and it revolutionized church life. So that's going back to the 70s and 80s. There'd been a little bit of a dearth um, in terms of the impetus of the spirit but in 1994 uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out on a church in Toronto uh, led by a couple John and Carol Arnott and the Holy Spirit just seemed to get hold of them and they had meetings night after night after night from January 94 and to a certain extent it's still going on today after all this time but the impact of that outpouring of the spirit went worldwide in our own church in Brighton there was one Sunday night in October 93 where we had our Sunday evening prayer meeting and uh some of you will remember the band Fatfish. Um, it was right at the beginning. In fact, Fatfish wasn't existing then. They came to being in 94. They, in back end of 93, we had a prayer meeting in our church in Brighton, and there would have been 400 or so people there. And uh, there was one particular point in the prayer meeting when the worship suddenly changed, the dynamic changed. And the Spirit of God came down very powerfully to such a degree that almost every person in the room, and there were a lot of people there, was flat out on the floor. It was like God did it. He came down. And uh, it, it started to give us a hunger for more of the Spirit. Then in January 94, we heard about what was going on in Toronto and sent one of our elders, a guy by the name of Alan Preston, we, we actually sent one of our elders to go across to find out what was happening. Now, historically, it's interesting. I came to Canada, first of all, in the mid-80s and actually spoke in John Arnott's church in Stratford, in Ontario. And there was a move of the spirit in that meeting. The morning meeting finished well after two o'clock and many young people were baptized in the spirit. 
But after we'd gone, didn't think any more about John Arnott, um, and he says in his biography that actually there was this move of the Spirit that he then suppressed. And, um, but then God got hold of him at the beginning of, of 94, and we reconnected, first of all by, by phone. We sent Alan Preston across. Well, Alan got mightily impacted by the Holy Spirit. When he came back, he walked into our church office and uh, some of the girls there were on their computers. I think they were computers then. <laughs> they might have been typewriters. <laughs> were, were, were there. And as Alan walked into the room, the spirit fell on all our office workers. And they were just on the floor and God came to our church in Brighton. Now that was also the beginning of Fatfish and um, I was at that time, although I was an elder in the Brighton Church, they had released me to travel uh, around the world, Far East, India, um, America, um, to teach really on the subject of worship because I was known as a worship leader and songwriter uh, at that time. And John Arnott said to me, why don't you come over and lead worship in the renewal? Well, time went by, we kept in touch, but it would have been in 96, so that was two years after it started, um, I went across to uh, Toronto with the band, we saw God, God moving, it was a very, very powerful time. God had really done something in our own church in Brighton, very, very powerfully. We were, at one stage, we were having meetings every night of the week with people queuing down the street for maybe 500 meters or so, queuing to get in from six o'clock. Every night of the week, we saw this major impact of God. So Fatfish, who were a Christian rock band, also my worship band, were right in the midst of that. And we saw God releasing incredible power through worship. Worship was a big, big key, a huge key at that time. So we led worship in Toronto in the revival. We were there for a, a week or so. And... Um, when it was over, we came back to the, the UK and it would be several months later into 97, I had a phone call from a guy called Mike Bravener, who I know some of you will know. And um, this guy sounded wild over the phone. Um, and uh, he said, I, I saw you in, in, in Toronto and God's spoken to me and said, um, you need help, and this guy, Dave Fulligham, is the guy to help you. And I thought, this guy's absolutely off the wall. Um, anyway, he invited me and the band to come over. I said, look, if you invite me, I, you know, I, I've, I'm on a salary, I don't need any money, but if you invite the band, that is their job, that is what they do, you will have to 
pay them to come. He said, no, that's fine. We'll put you up. We'll look after you. So I, I went away thinking, this is crazy. I spoke to it Terry. Was and <laughs> is. Keep going. I mm-hmm. spoke to Terry Virgo about it, who leads or was leading New Frontiers, the founder of New Frontiers. And Terry was a bit non-committal. He said, um, well, I, I, I don't know, David. He said, um, if you feel it's right in God, go. So we were actually invited to go to Nashville um, for me to speak and lead worship at a big conference, worship conference in Nashville in September 97. And I thought, well, okay, and that was all going to be paid for, flights, everything. Um, So I thought, well, I guess if we're across the Atlantic, Nashville, I know it's a long way from Canada, but at least we're this side, we would be this side. So I got in touch with with, uh, Mike and um, we ended up saying that we would come and what I said was you would have to pay the fare from Nashville to Fredericton and then back home Um, because I couldn't expect the Nashville people to to pay for that and you will have to look after us hospitality wise all of that stuff and we plan to come I bought all the flights on my credit card (laughs) (laughs) days prophetic but we won't necessarily talk about wisdom but anyways keep going (laughs) keep going Mm -hmm. so we arrived at Bangor Main airport um having been in Nashville we flew up from uh, Nashville to New York New York up to Bangor Main we we were met by this wild-eyed guy and a very young naive Joe Crummy (laughs) So we piled in to this yellow bus, which school, was a school bus, not a nice coach, like, you know, air conditioned. No, 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 school it was, bus. It was the middle of the night. 4 a.m. And we arrived at the Irving Petrol place on the top of Re- Regency. Yeah. And there were these group of people again, wild-eyed, excited. Rosie and I ended up in Nancy and Cyril's house. It was about four in the morning. We were absolutely exhausted. So that was on the Sunday night. On the Monday night, we kind of recovered, started to recover on the Monday. On the Monday night, we met in Nancy and Cyril's basement with what we thought was a church. There was Mike, there was Joe, and there was about 15 other people around. That's right, you met with the whole church. Church. That was about, and I thought, this bunch of people are wild. What are they doing? inviting us. Not only that, they had booked for us 
to do a worship conference in Smythe Street Cathedral. And that was to start on the Thursday. So um, I was talking to people around the room and uh, Gail Pilgrim seemed to be like a sharp lady and, um, and smart and um, I, I perceived that she was some sort of administrator figure in this scene. So I, I, I said to her, so we've got this conference, um, how many people have you got to get to the conference to break even? Well, I could see her swallow hard and she said, 500. So I said, okay, um, how, you've got to get 500 to pay for the conference to break even. She said, yeah. I said, how many are booked in now? This was Monday, conference starting on Thursday. She swallowed hard and she said, 50, but we're believing God. <laughs> I thought, that was that 50 was all 15. I was filling in my pocket free, for my credit free, card, registering and praying over things. it. So anyway, um, we on on the Wednesday, Fatfish played in one of the high schools, and there were about a thousand teenage kids. This was at FHS, the Youth for Christ group. We played at noon hour in the cafeteria. Yeah. They, they, they did their kind of uh, jazz funk set, a uh, little bit of worship thrown in. That evening, we were booked to uh, do a, a... Fatfish were booked to do a, a concert, and um, I would speak in the Wesleyan church. But Journey Wesleyan with the big youth rally. Well, a load of these kids who were in the school turned up, didn't they? They did. It was amazing. The place was absolutely rammed. Mm -hmm. So Fatfish did their jazz funk set, and they did a bit of worship, and I preached the gospel, mm -hmm. made an appeal, and nobody responded. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, we'll close the meeting, um, Fatfish should do another song, we'll close the meeting. So um, I was just about to close it, and Lou, who was the lead singer, um, turned to me and said, Dave, can I preach? Um, this 20, 21-year-old girl had the temerity to say to me, can I preach? So I'd never heard her preach. <laughs> so I said, okay, Lou, if you feel to do it, do it. She preached, made an appeal, and hundreds of kids streamed forward. The band kicked into Paul Oakley's great sing song, River of God. The Holy Spirit came down on that meeting, and it was like, wow, God, this is why you've brought us here. On the Thursday night, it was the first night of the conference. We sound checked through the afternoon, thinking, well, I hope the 50 Gail told us about are going to turn up at least. But by the time that meeting started, Smith Street Cathedral was full. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, by now, 
Joe and Mike had told me the story of why they were meeting, that they were, um, they'd been involved in a church where um, it, it would seem the Holy Spirit had been suppressed. They'd gone to Toronto, they were impacted by the Spirit, and this 15, 20 people or so were meeting as a little church in uh, a motel room. And I had no idea that that was what I was coming to. Um, it had been talked up big. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that Mike talked it up big. But anyways, keep going. Mike would admit that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It had been talked up big. Anyway, I'm glad I heard God. Now I'm going to fast forward to coming in here two or three days ago. I just stood in here and a big lump came into my throat and tears started to scream down my eyes as I thought, God, I'm glad I heard you right. Yes. I'm yeah. glad I heard you right. Yeah. That night, I preached and I was mad with the church in Fredericton overall mm -hmm. about this little group who are being ostracized. And I preached one of the most passionate sermons that I can remember preaching on, you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I thought, I don't know if anybody's going to come back the next <laughs> night now. I hope they paid first. <laughs> anyway, the, the, next, the next night, the place was rammed, absolutely rammed. And we went into a time of worship, uh, it was great. We felt the anointing of God. And then Leslie, a girl, my, one of my backing singers, Leslie, cut loose with a prophetic song. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. There the Lord commands the blessing. And as she was singing it, you could sense the mood of the meeting was changing something was happening and at the end I won't say which church it was but a pastor of one of the churches stood up and he said I want to publicly repent of my sin and I thought what is this and he repented for his arrogance and pride and thinking that he got it. His wife got up and she said, and I want to publicly repent of my sin. And so right across that congregation, that huge congregation in Smythe Street, there were people just crying out to God, crying out for the Spirit. The meeting was in total chaos and I thought I've read about this sort of thing happening in revivals it was very very powerful by the time we got to Saturday the city had heard hadn't it yeah, oh, yeah. 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 people um, were flooding in there was a, a guy who was the principal of the cessationist Baptist Bible College and he was there, he came to me at the end, I prayed for him to be baptized in the Spirit, he was baptized in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, the whole bang shoot. Mm -hmm. 
we became great friends over the next yes. few years. Yeah. And he gave me an open invitation to come and speak to his students mm -hmm. in, in the Bible College. God did something amazing yeah. in 97. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. And on the Sunday night, it was, a, again, a, a city-wide thing in Smythe. It was the Smythe Street Cathedral's evening service. Yes, it was. But yeah. they invited us to take that over, and the place was absolutely rammed. Mm -hmm. God came very powerfully. Yeah. And uh, that's how your church started. Except that on the Sunday morning of the... Um, uh, of of the last that last mm -hmm. Sunday, I spoke in to the fifteen or twenty, one or two more maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. twenty five five yeah. there, and I spoke about Adullam's cave. Now, if you know the story of David, Adullam's cave was where David gathered a few guys together who were on the run. And I spoke about Adullam's cave and how God met with them in Adullam's cave. And I said, this is Adullam's cave, but you will impact the city. At the end of it, Mike Bravener said to me, um, he said, well, Dave, thanks for coming. I don't know what to do with this people. And I found these words coming out of my mouth. I thought, what are you saying? I said... Well, I would know what to do with them. And that was it. And so we came back in the January, didn't we? Did, we? Yep, January 98. Now, in that January, there was a youth meeting. Weren't many there, but it was a youth meeting. And a very young, bright-eyed Joe Crummy was speaking. And I thought, that guy's going to lead this church in that youth meeting. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. So that's how it all started. Oh my soul, Dave! There's so much. We're we're just in the intro, folks. We haven't even got we haven't even got to the questions yet. But I'm gonna just change, totally change things because that's such a it's a, such a powerful story. And so, Dave, I just want to highlight a couple of things. One is, it'd be great for people to come to the prayer meeting tonight because you just never know what might happen mm. at a prayer meeting. Yeah. So I'll say that. I can just share a little bit from the other end is um, we started as a small group in 96 and it was tough and when Dave talks about it was October of 96, we were so desperate we sent Mike as a group to Toronto and he came back with the VHS tapes of Terry Virgo speaking and Dave and them leading worship and that led to the phone call into early 97 and them coming that September, which was a, just a miraculous thing. And I know the credit card bill on Dave's was 18000 That was what we, that was one credit card bill that we had to pay Dave back by the time he left. And, and there was enough. And that was 97, so yeah, that's a lot of yeah, money today. Yeah. There was enough left over to bring us all back the next year. It's in incredible. So, Dave, can I just ask a couple things? Because this is just of kind of one of the things we're talking about as a theme. For me, as powerful as those times at Smythe Street were, and we're forever grateful to Smythe Street and Werner for letting us use their building, I say that every time. Um, 
to me, almost what was more powerful, because that was incredible, was on the Sunday morning. Because on Sunday morning, we were back to 20, 25 people. And it, it's a lot easier when there's five, 600, 700 people going for God. It's a lot easier to say, God can do anything and God's with us. Back to Sunday morning and we're back in our hotel room with 25 people going like, was that all a dream? Or, <laughs> and I remember like, so for me, and this is one of the things Dave and I were talking about this week, like, and this is what we want to just talk through a bit. The Holy Spirit is so active involved in like supernatural, powerful things, yet the Holy Spirit is so involved in the behind the scenes, almost mundane, almost boring, routine things. David, is there anything you can speak? Like that to me is so encouraging that, and we don't want to miss the supernatural, powerful, and hope you're getting stirred and wetting your appetite. Um, but how, how do we be, because we're, I think we're in a season now, if I can jump ahead to present day, that we're more in the, we're persevering, we're being faithful, but we, and for maybe people who are new with us, like, we haven't experienced that. Like, why isn't that happening today, and what do we do about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really, really good question. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think, I mean, getting an overview yeah. of biblical history, both Old Testament and New, yeah. um, to go back to where I started about seasons of refreshing, yes. that there are times in God where he gives a great growth spurt, mm -hmm. and it's powerful. Mm -hmm. But those growth spurts, you can't live a normal life with that degree of energy yeah. mm -hmm. and commitment mm -hmm. and passion all the time because God's put us on planet Earth. <laughs> we do actually have to go to work <laughs> and look after our families. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And mm -hmm. really, those growth spurts are a foretaste of when we will be in the new heavens and the new Earth, where it will be like that all the time. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime... We need to learn to live by the Word and by the Spirit in the church, building the church according to the principles of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And there will be seasons of refreshing. Mm -hmm. There will be times when it's just like the mercy drops falling around us, as yeah. the old hymn puts it. Yeah. Other times there will be showers of blessing. Mm -hmm. And it just seems in the history of the church, that these growth spurts have come, these revivals have come, that have renewed the church for a number of years, mm -hmm. and then it's got to the time where God's saying, we need another one. Yes. Now, when he does that, mm -hmm. he sets his people to prayer. Yeah. And I am personally, mm -hmm. I, I do it every day, cry to God for revival. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm up three, four in the morning on a regular basis, mm -hmm. crying to God for revival. If I'm awake in the night, I don't think I've got to get back to sleep. I'm praying mm -hmm. for revival. Mm -hmm. There's a passion in me to see revival. Yeah. And that is where I think New Frontiers is now. Right, yeah. I think it's where churches. other churches are now. There is a need for another outpouring. 
Now, just to say God is working in what we perceive to be the down times because yes. he's all work, always working. Yeah. You know that song, I don't know if you sing it here, Waymaker. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. you're always working. Yeah, even when we don't see even it. Even when yeah. we don't see it, you're mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. God is always working. And a good example, biblically, and this is why we need to be fully Bible people, not just New Testament people, but fully Bible people. You look at the story of Elijah. Elijah was hidden. We don't, we're not told for how long, mm-hmm. but he was hidden. And then suddenly he bursts on the scene yeah. and the fire falls. Yeah. And just one very quick story. Um, I'm half Welsh. Mm-hmm. My grandparents were converted in the Welsh revival. And uh, the name... The big name in the Welsh Revival was Evan Roberts. My grandparents knew him, um, and his family home was very close to my grandma's family home and where my mum was, was born. When I was baptised in the Spirit at, uh, in my mid-teens, my grandma said to me, would you like to meet Evan Roberts' sister-in-law? who was still living in Evan's old house. And uh, she's still alive. She's in her 80s. She said, would you like to meet her? I said, would I like to meet her? (laughs) So I went into this little tiny Welsh cottage and she was there. Evan's Bible was on, on the side, still there. And there was a shed down the end of the garden. I said to her, what was the secret of Evan's power? Uh, I'm tempted to do this in a Welsh accent because it sounds passionate. <laughs> she, she said, you, you see that shed down the garden from the age of 12 when Evan was sent down the mine, he would come back from the mine covered in grime and dirt from the coal face. Yeah. And in those days, of course, they didn't have bathrooms. His mother would have a coal, uh, ha- have a bath, a, an old tin bath with hot water in for him to have a bath yeah. by the fireside. He would come in, he would ignore the bath, he would go up to that shed, and he would be crying to God for hours before he would come out. And she said... When he came out, she said, the tears had washed the cold grime from his face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And it put something into me about praying for revival. Twelve years old. It wasn't until Evan was 26 that the revival broke out. And she said, would you like me to pray for you? I said, yeah, I would. She laid hands on me and prayed for me. It's one of the great experiences of my spiritual life. I've never lost that fire and passion to see revival come. Mm -hmm. And I believe, I want to see it before I die. I really do. Mm -hmm. I'm nearly 78, and uh, I know that I'm thinking about eternal life now because you do at that age. Mm -hmm. But I want to see it before I die. Amen, Dave. So yeah. do we. <laughs> yep. Praise God. Okay. So many things in my head right now. It's hard to know where to go. I just want to say a couple things. 
we got three and a half weeks, folks. Like, get a coffee with Dave and Rosie. Have them for a meal. Like, ask Dave questions. Ask Rosie. Like, we got a wealth, a wealth, a gold mine here of experience with the Holy Spirit. Like, be with them. Ask them questions. Hear more. And Dave's going to be speaking over the next couple of weeks. All right. In closing, Dave, um, can I ask you, just in light of that, maybe one of the most sort of supernatural things you've seen the Holy Spirit do, and maybe what's one of the ways the Holy Spirit has worked in kind of that, you talk about Elijah being hidden, in a hidden way. Is that a fair enough question? Like, supernatural to kind of whet our appetite, lift our vision, but also the Holy Spirit may be preparing or behind the scenes that would encourage us as well. I know that's mm. a big question. I think it would be in the years when our church in Brighton started, um, I would pray with Terry Virgo twice a week. Um, and there was another guy, older guy, um, Henry Tyler. We used to cry to God for him to pour out his spirit and to see the church planted, churches mm. planted. And I think, you see, through the 40s and at the end of the Second World War, there was a real spiritual dearth mm. in, certainly in, in Britain, Europe, probably true over here as well. And the church had become very formal. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, yeah, people were getting saved. Billy Graham in, uh, in the mid-50s made a big impact. But really, the church was not making any, no. any impact. And I think there was a lot of hidden prayer mm -hmm. for churches to come alive. There were good evangelical churches, but did they look like New Testament church life? Mm -hmm. Spiritual gifts vibrant worship, yeah. looking after the poor, evangelistic mission, fellowship and communion with one another, yeah. and f true friendship being built into a body, all of those things, mm -hmm. values th that we hold dear. I think that uh, there was a period through the 70s and early 80s where there was a lot of hidden yeah. prayer yeah, that's really that, that mm -hmm. birthed mm -hmm the kind of church that you are now. Yes. And, uh, you know, I've got faith to see this building absolutely yeah. throbbing. Yeah. But, yeah, that, they're the... Yeah, that's really helpful, yeah. Dave. That's yeah, great. I mean, lo lots of other illustrations, but I think I that's know, no, that's one. really helpful and encouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. good. All right. Anything else Rose, you want to share before Rosie yeah. comes? Yeah. Anything else, Dave, that um, you want to share with us? Well, just to say, it's just such a, a joy to be here with you yeah. and to see old friends and um, you know I felt quite at home our first morning we Rosie and I went out for a little walk and um, I th thought we're part of the neighborhood already because suddenly um, this vehicle comes rushing past horn blowing hand waving and I'm like what on earth's that and I see the name on the side of the truck it's Bicknell <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, oh yeah okay we're just out for our neighborhood yeah. walk mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then this lady comes flashing by on a bicycle 
high, high speed. I looked up and I thought, mm, she looks a bit like Gail. Anyway, on the return journey, it was Gail. You know? <laughs> so here we are out for our first walk, <laughs> meeting the church. It's great. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> yeah. So I feel part of the neighborhood. Uh, that's already. great. Well, we, we love you. You are part of the family. All right. Um, in a moment, Rosie's going to come. So can I, I just get the worship team to come back and get ready, and we're going to do a um, closing song, and we'll just sort of maybe see where this goes as far as maybe praying for some people. And I'm going to ask Rosie to come, and she just has something to share that fits right in with everything that we're saying. So Rosie, why don't you come and share that with us? And such a great context of learning to hear God's voice and the Holy Spirit. So. Last night, just before I went, went to sleep, I was reading a book about hearing God. Um, I've been reading it for a little bit over a few days. And um, it was talking about um, how God just uses things that happen in our life that if we take notice of them, he's actually speaking through them. And he was talking about if, if something unusual happens. Well, something unusual happened um, when we arrived. We, have, we had two cases that went in the hold and we had two combination locks exactly the same with exactly the same lock number, 395, which of the days of the year, so that was to help us remember a nice simple number. And we came to open my case and we couldn't do it. Um, we thought because we couldn't see very well, we weren't getting it lined up right and we were trying and trying. And then we just did the other lock and it was a little bit difficult, but I, because I couldn't see it very well, but um, that came completely open. Well, I sent Gail a message, who must have sent a message to um, t Tim. And bless his heart, he arrived first thing in the morning and he cut the lock open. Well, we're very grateful we could get in it again. Now, when I was reading this, I thought, I thought about this and I, I said to the Lord, if there's something really significant in that, um, please bring something to me. Well, at the prayer meeting upstairs this morning at the end, when Gail was talking, she said that the person who kindly comes to um, mow the lawn where we're staying um, had lost the key to the garage. And lo and behold, apparently what he had to do was to he cut that lock open. So I thought, this is really odd. There must be something in this that needs to share. And um, I thought, well, with locks, you have generally have a, have a key. And, um, but we had a combination lock. And I was thinking about, well, so often we're looking for keys. We can, we can look for a key to open a situation. And then like a combination lock, that's like a series of things. And this, is, in a sense, is how we've been living. We've been looking for keys to our lives. We've been jogging along, doing the right things. But what we're asking for now is some, something with power outside. They yeah. needed that's something right. with power to cut right through it and open it up. And I think this links with what we're praying for. We need God to come and do something 
outside of what we could do. We could be faithfully doing these things. And you've got some very faithful ladies who just keep praying and praying and praying. And hopefully there's a few men alongside that too. But I happen to more know of the ladies who do that. And But we need to cry for God to come and do something right outside because the world we live in is so dark now. There's things that are much, much harder now than when we first set foot in Fredericton. There's a whole social change of things that are totally anti what we believe that God teaches. And so we need to cry out for him to break open those locks and open things up. That's great, Rosie. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dave. Well, if you're able, why don't you stand? And Angela and the team are going to lead us in. And we're just going to hopefully be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and see if there's anything specific God wants to break open here this morning, or maybe that's helping us to know how to pray tonight and over these next few weeks and months together. So, Angela, thank you for leading us. Try again. We just have no keys. It's all on you, feed. <laughs>
you, Lord. Well, just before we go, we just always want to give some time to respond to how God is speaking to us. So I'll just share a couple of things, and if that applies to you, we would love to be able to pray together. And Josh, can we just have that first verse up? Just the words of that first. Thank you. Just as we were singing that, I just felt, I think God just put on my heart that when we sing about God not failing, we have to really understand that God's definition of not failing is different from ours. <laughs> so I know it's hard to sing that sometimes because I'm like, God, to be honest, I feel like you have failed me. And God's got a different definition of the things that we think maybe God has failed us on. God is working out his purposes and plans. And we live in a fallen world and we can explain it away. But I just feel that maybe that's one of those locks that Rosie was just referring to that, you know, we just can't find the key. We can't figure it out. And it just seems like such a failure. God just wants to say he can break that perspective. He can break that shame. He can break that disappointment. That only God can do that. So I just want to give an opportunity, if that's you, you can come to the front or maybe you can just raise your hand and those around you just be sensitive to those around. That if that's you, want you just put your hand up and our church family here, just take a look around. If you see anyone with their hand up that you can maybe just go and pray with and just pray for God to break through in that area. So why don't you move now? I see different, many people with their hands up. If you can just take a look around, church family. Just gather around those. Just pray that just that picture Rosie, God gave Rosie, just of God, God can break through. God can cut things off that we could never figure out in our own human way. Why don't we pray? Angel, why don't you just lead us through that one more time before we go, and then we'll give opportunity for more people to respond as well.
Well, Lord, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you that as we meet with you, that you reveal yourself to us, that you're always at work. Thank you that we could worship together. And we just pray right now for the people that you're cutting things off in the name of Jesus. We just say yes and amen that you would come and bring your freedom and your healing and your restoration and your truth and your life and your love and your light and your grace and your mercy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, well, we're going to keep praying for people, but we're also going to transition now. And if you need to go, go with God's blessing. We've got tea and coffee available in the entryway. Please stay and chat. Love to be able to talk to you more. We're going to be here again this evening, 7.30 to pray. And we've got our picnic next Sunday afterwards as well. So if you go, go with God's blessing. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. And if you'd like prayer, please stay. And we'd love to be able to pray with you. Thank you and God bless. Amen.